You're listening to Ask Us Anything, a periodic podcast by Wise Travel Confederation, exploring topics of interest to the youth and student travel industry. My name's Wendy Morrow. I coordinate research and educational activities at Wise Travel Confederation, and I'll be your host. In June 2022, I talked with Terry Hamilton, Manager of Travel and Student Services at Brigham Young University in the state of Utah in the USA. We talked about university study abroad programs and how international travel for university students has changed since COVID. We discussed the growing demand for unique educational travel experiences in destination, as well as lessons learned during the pandemic that are now shaping faculty-led trips abroad. Brigham Young University is a buyer member of Wise Travel Confederation, and Terry will attend the annual World Youth and Student Travel Conference in Lisbon later this year. In this conversation, you'll find out why Terry thinks it's critical that suppliers of educational travel products are at the conference and what she'll be looking for this year. Have a listen. Hi, Terry. Thanks for joining me to talk about youth travel ahead of the annual World Youth and Student Travel Conference. Welcome. Hi, Wendy. I'm glad to be here. Good. So you're a manager of travel and student services at Brigham Young University in the United States, and specifically Utah, right? Yes, that's correct. So could you tell us a little bit about your job? What do you do as manager of travel and student services there? So at BYU, we really push study abroad programs. Our students here love to travel, and I think part of that comes from this being a religious university. So a lot of our students participate in missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So they're used to being out traveling the world. In fact, I was reading something the other day, and I think close to 70% of the students that attend our university speak a second language, at least one second language. So I know it's a big point in their life to Mm -hmm. to be a part of the world, to see the world and and participate in what's going on in the world. COVID has slowed us down a little bit, but now we're bigger, better than ever. Uh, As part of, of my position here at BYU, I oversee the study abroad office. I oversee our student employees who help set up study abroad programs. And what we do, our study abroad programs are most often faculty-led programs. Mm -hmm. We do have a few that are individual-led or students that want to do internships, but a large majority of what I do is I work with faculty-led programs. We have six three-quarter time staff And we have about 10 student staff. Between all of us, we put together the study abroad programs for these, or actually the travel itineraries for these study abroad programs. So a faculty director may come to us and say, do you know, I'm doing this study abroad. I wrote a couple of the ones down that we're working on right now. One, biology of food in Italy and Greece. I need you to help me put an itinerary together for that study abroad. So we research, we talk to people, we create lists of um, vendors that we work with because we need everything. We need hotels, accommodations, we need coaches. We do lots of site visits. On On this particular program, 
They're going to want to take cooking classes and uh, talk to people about the food industry in, in Italy and Greece. Okay. So, so that's kind of generally is what I do in my position. Okay. And how long is a typical faculty-led trip? In the fall or autumn and winter months, we typically run about three to four months for a study abroad program. In spring and summer, they run anywhere from about six to eight to 10 weeks. So a little bit shorter in the the spring and summer and get a little bit longer in our autumn and um, winter programs. And what are the most popular destinations in are, are those um, set or do they tend to shift? Are there anything, you know, anything emerging? I would say number one popular destination is London. Everybody okay. loves London. And <laughs> I, I don't, I, I do know why. I love London. I lived in London for four years. Mm-hmm. I love that city. Um, but then extending out, people love Paris, Amsterdam, uh, Rome, the typical or big cities that we see across Europe, but a lot of our programs uh, get out of the big city and they go to the smaller villages and that is becoming a big deal. I think with our study abroad programs, they don't just want to see the big cities anymore. I think COVID has awoken an interest in all of us that we have to to see the world before, like I said earlier, when we were talking, another pandemic hits. And so everybody wants to see everything and go everywhere. And I mean, speaking of COVID, which is hard not to do, have student expectations changed since COVID about a study abroad experience? Or maybe the other part of that is have their parents' expectations changed? Yes and no. The expectation is they want to go and they want to go now. Mm-hmm. The, the issues we're running into is we don't have enough faculty to run enough programs. We have more students than we do programs. And so I would say our the expectation is they want more than what we can offer at this point. Okay. Just because we don't have, have the faculty that can leave campus and run these programs. And is there anything that's not popular? Um, No, No, (laughs) there isn't. Everything is popular right now. (laughs) Um, So you were describing this uh, trip to Italy, uh, which seems to have these culinary elements to it. And to me, it sounds like you're, you're looking for the sort of basic traditional travel elements, but a lot of other things outside of that. Is that accurate? And I mean, has has that something that's changed over the last few years where you're looking to these more or less traditional travel products to put into a travel experience? I I think so. In the time that I've worked here at BYU, I've seen some changes and uh, faculty are wanting students to have, so this particular program is a biology program. So it's just not eating the food. It's learning about the growth of the food, 
the soil that the food's growing in. Um, oh, it's probably pretty nice to eat the food. Too. It, it, I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We've had several food programs go out this year, which I thought was interesting. Another one we have eating, cooking, and living in the Mediterranean. Okay. And I'm like, oh yeah, I could do that one. <laughs> <laughs> So I think there's more of a, oh, how do I want to say this? Just more of that educational element that's being added to our study abroad programs. It's just not a trip. It's it's just mm-hmm. not, let's go travel and have fun and see the Mona Lisa or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's It's much more focused on education. The students are getting credit for going on these study abroad programs that they go on. Have your expectations from the partners you work with changed since COVID? No, not really. The partners, so the thing that I'm seeing right now, which has been a little bit rough with the partners I work with, is their staffing problems. There's mm-hmm. staffing problems everywhere. Yeah. And so the partners that I have been working with for the last 15 years are fantastic, but they will come back to me and say, Terry, I don't have anybody to help you. We don't have coaches available for uh, that trip or that program. And as we grow, I am realizing we definitely don't have enough partners we need to develop some relationships with and grow our base of partners that we have that we work with. So it's about really refreshing and expanding your network to draw on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and it's, it's, as I said earlier, there's six three quarter time staff and I'm really pushing for each of them to develop their network They can't always depend on what I have to give them. They need to develop. We're growing and moving that fast that they need to be able to reach out and start getting to know and develop these relationships. So what will you be looking for at WISTIC this year? I mean, there are plenty of partners to be had at WISTIC. What's on your mind before the event? Um, Meeting new partners, getting to know new people. In fact, I would say 90% of the partners that we work with now have come from WISTIC, have wow. come from, from our meetings, meeting people at the different events that I've attended. Mm-hmm. It has been so beneficial for me, for our office, for the people that we work with to get to know them, to develop these relationships. So I'm looking to expand our base we really need to to add to the relationships we've already developed with various vendors. We we need to grow that. And I'm hearing from a lot of buyers that this is a critical year to re-engage with people face to face. I mean, would you agree with that? Or? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so much easier to work with vendors. When I know who I'm talking to, when we've sat down and discussed my needs and what they have to offer, it makes all the difference in the world. And and to me, it is critical. I want to know, I, I care about the students I work with and work for. 
I want them to have the best experience possible when they're out um, going on these experiences. And it's so much easier for me to give them that experience if I get to know the vendor face-to-face. Um, another thing that's come up in my conversations with buyers lately, um, anyone who's dealing in youth-tailored travel products, um, that trust and safety from young travelers, but also their parents, that's really changed since the pandemic. And it's not really physical safety. It's actually what I would call financial security. So the question yes. of what will happen to my investment in educational travel if something like the pandemic or the things that we've seen happen in the pandemic interrupts it, are you seeing this as well? And, you know, is it really any different than it was before COVID-19 or are there some new elements you're having to deal with? New elements. We've learned a lot of things that we did not have in place before COVID-19. How do we get our students home? Mm -hmm. What systems do we have that are in place to get people back to their homes or to get them into places where they can can recover if they've gotten COVID. Mm -hmm. And we've really thought about and worked out some various plans that we've put into place with our our different city abroad programs. No longer do we send out a single faculty with our group. We send out two faculty. So if it's a moving program, say you're in Rome today and you're in Amsterdam, you're flying to Amsterdam tomorrow, what if one of your students isn't feeling well? What it, what do you do? And we've found that we have had to get to know testing agencies around the world that we didn't have to worry about before. And then we really depend on our vendors when we have to isolate, uh, especially our accommodation providers, when we have to change plans and say, I need to leave a student here with a faculty for five more days than what we were originally planning. Mm. So a lot more thought, a lot more planning is going into our programs because we don't know what to expect. I think, I think we're all in that same boat a little bit. We just don't know what to expect. The industry's ready to run forward. So We're having to piece it together and figure it out as we go. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that the, yeah, that just wanting to know what happens to your money is something. And and, and maybe that's something a little bit different in a university setting, but it's, you know, it's, I think, a concern of everyone. Are you hearing those concerns from students? A little bit. A little bit. When COVID first hit, we had a few programs out that we had to bring home. So we just had the financial office help us figure out, okay, they've been out in the field for six weeks. This is approximately how much they spent. And we were able to refund them anything that was upcoming. Um, Also, I just have to, to give a kudos to all of our vendors when COVID hit, we got refunds and credits from almost 100% of our suppliers, which was very, very amazing. It, mm-hmm. it just was great that they were willing to do that. So I know it's a concern 
now for our students and their parents what will happen. But we've put safety nets into our planning and we've added additional amounts as we've kind of set up our own little insurance fund here at the university. If something happens, we've built up a fund that we can take care of getting students home or if someone gets sick, we can evacuate and get that person home and we have the financial means to do that. Mm-hmm. And has that changed any requirements you have with partners? Not necessarily. Like I say, our partners have been just fantastic. They've all been really good about um, cleanliness and what they provide. I've had students where I've had to house at a particular or two or three different accommodation providers that I work with. And while they've been over backwards, they would take breakfast in a box and leave at the door for our students. So the students could open their door and bring in a breakfast box, or they would take a pizza in the evening. So they would have a dinner. And I just have been impressed that our providers would be willing to do that. They go, they've gone out of their way to make sure that we are taken care of. Good. Well, I hope some of them are wise members. They are. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. The power of the association is always good to hear about. Yes, that's true. So what would you consider one of the most useful activities at WISTIC? So for me, I really love the meetings that we have, the 15-minute or 10-minute little short clip-it meetings that we change. I really, really like that. That's where I can introduce myself. The supplier can introduce their product themselves and their product, what they can do to help me as I am working on study abroad programs. To me, that is one of the most useful things that I do at WISTIC is, is again, that face-to-face interaction. Let's sit down. Let's discuss it. What can you do for me? What can I do for you? How can we work together to make this work? Okay. And what would you tell someone who's never been to WISTIC? Just go. You will not regret it. (laughs) I promise you won't regret it. Just go. It's, um, I, I don't particularly love or I didn't love going to big meetings. Sometimes I felt like it's easier just to figure it out on my own. And then I went. And once I went, I realized this is a key element in, in my job and what I do. I could not do the job that I do for the university had I not started going to these conferences. Right. And you come to the Staywise conference as well. I do. Yes, I do. Great. Anything else you'd like to tell uh, folks who are planning to attend WISTIC this year? Just come and enjoy it. Enjoy all the activities. I really like the free time that we have to get together with one another. And it's really worth your time. Okay. So, Well, thank you, Terry. It's been really nice to catch up with you, and it will be even better to see you in person in Lisbon in September. So I'm really excited. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for talking to me today, and I hope to share a custard tart with you in September. 
So. Absolutely. That's the best place <laughs> in the world to get those. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much to Terry for sharing her time and thoughts during this Ask Us Anything conversation. If you're looking to refresh your international partner network in the travel or tourism business, we hope you'll take Terry's advice and join us at WISTIC, the World Youth and Student Travel Conference. You'll meet buyers of educational and youth-tailored product in scheduled face-to-face meetings and have the chance to place your products alongside others in the global youth travel marketplace. We'll see you September 27th to the 30th in Lisbon, Portugal. You can register online at wystc.org. If you'd like to learn more about international youth and student travel, you'll find research publications and news at our website, wystc.org. Wise Travel Confederation is the only global not-for-profit membership organization representing the youth, student, and educational travel industry. If you work in this sector of the travel and tourism industry, consider joining our global network. Thanks for listening.